see I have a new light and it is quite the light I have it turned way down now and it is still pretty bright I'm gonna have to work on levels but um because the glare on the laptop is crazy uh right there is better but yeah so my, I got my new light now and uh it's looking really good in fact even with 720p uh it looks a lot more clear it looks a lot more bright, obviously. But uh, you can see that the detail is just looking a lot better. Guys, if you're watching, please like the video or react to it. Share it. Comment, please, in the chat. All that helps. Uh, I have a lot to cover. Maybe you're wondering why I put such a weird thing in my title. Isn't Christmas over? Who's Santa Claus? Obviously. <laughs> We're talking about Klaus Schwab. Uh, author of the book COVID-19 and the Great Reset. I just got sent a video. Less than an hour ago. From 2017. And obviously we know these things. We know who's involved and... Who's, who's in the World Economic Forum and who's a crony of this group. But it is kind of amazing just to see it like blatant and out in the open. You know, I have seven people watching this live stream. And not one of you like, shared, or commented. You know? If you could do that, that would be awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to start with my first video here. You can see this... Uh, this nice young man. Um, uh, there it is. Check this out. This is wild. Um, when I mention our name. Oh, you're going to get some bad mic feedback. Sorry, I'll rewind it. You're going to get some bad mic feedback. And that is on the video. There's nothing I can do about that. Say, um, when I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on. They all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Pres of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. Did you hear that? We penetrate the cabinets. So he is proud of Justin Trudeau, who is a member of... A young leader of the World Economic Forum. Now, I've talked about this many other times, but if you're still uh, voting for the Conservative Party in Canada, it's time to get a wake-up call. Uh, Michelle Rempel, who is one of the big stars of the Conservative Party of Canada, is also a young leader of the World Economic Forum, so they're all on the same team. They're liars. They're frauds. They're all part of this guy's group. 
the guy who wrote the book COVID-19 and the Great Reset, all those guys he just mentioned are his cronies, and he's excited about penetrating government's cabinets with his people. Now, keep listening. So, yesterday I was at a, rece at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau, and I know that half of this cabinet, or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet, are for our actually young global leaders of the world right. form. and that's true in our so there you go when he saw justin trudeau at uh at an event or sorry how did he put it what basically he was impressed by seeing that half of his cabinet ministers are young economic forum leaders the he's he the political agenda is in full effect and here he is this is in 2017 by the way and he's talking about it argentina too wow yeah sorry that's true in argentina as well it's true in argentina and uh, it's true in france now mm -hmm. i mean with the president with a young global leader but what is important for me winfrey was humiliated on her own show sit My down goodness. sit down oh. and just because of her skin color he you trust you so the way that Facebook works is that it starts playing the next video immediately after, and uh, it won't even uh, scroll it. So that's an old video about Oprah that we're not worried about. I mean, it sounded pretty interesting, really. But, um, yeah, so I just thought this was interesting, something to share, uh, uh, something that you can direct uh, traffic to when people still don't understand what it is that the like what the agenda is here it is here's him saying that they, he's infiltrated all these cabinets it's it's blatant right so moving on guy what is this one oh no that's the right one okay so obviously guys and can i just take a moment to enjoy where i froze it please this freeze frame is very satisfying to me. I <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty happy with where I paused it when it started. I uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. Anyway, I can't keep it. I can't keep him big for very long on the screen because it's rough. But um, obviously, you've been seeing reports across Canada of a giant truck convoy you may have heard about it you may have seen it in the news you may have been told that it's smaller you may have been told that there's a truck protest in bc that are protesting road conditions these things are not true you're gonna see justin trudeau talk about unacceptable views which that is a Hitler-like quote, isn't it? Unacceptable views shouldn't be said in a free country. I mean, no one believes that anymore, though, right? No one believes we have a free country. Anyway, let's listen to what our dear leader has to say. To underline that close to 90% of truckers in this country 
are vaccinated, like close to 90% of Canadians. Over the past many no months and years now, Canadians have stepped up to protect each other, to protect our frontline workers, to protect our elders, to protect our young people, to protect people like truckers who are putting food on our grocery store shelves. What about the frontline workers that don't want it and think it's bad? And then also, what about the truck drivers uh, that are coming to see you? Canadians have stepped up to do the right thing to protect the freedoms and the rights of Canadians to get back to the things we love to do. Honestly, his best delivery of speeches is when he's condemning people for not doing the right thing. That is honestly when he's at the top of his game. Um, he is hard to listen to. I under I understand. I'm sorry that I'm subjecting you guys to this, but. You know, Matt says uh, in the comments, I bet 90% of truckers hate him, vaxxed or not. Um, and uh, he doesn't feel protected from uh, our prime minister. And he's a frontline worker. So, and once again, freeze frame champ right now. <laughs> I love it. It's good stuff. Anyway, let's, let's, let's try and get through the rest of this quickly. We know. The way through this pandemic know, emphatically. is by getting everyone vaccinated. And how can anyone even listen to this anymore and believe it? How can we be there? How can you do that to yourself? How can you subject yourself to this stuff? It is crazy. Um, how do we know? What we do know is that we were told that two shots would end the pandemic and that didn't happen we're told that three shots will help with symptoms lots of vaccinated people still dying we were told that three shots would stop the spread or sorry we were told that two shots would stop the spread that was a lie now it's three shots will maybe slow the spread but probably not it's all about alleviating symptoms right so what do we know we have proven that you and your government don't know anything or you know that none of this was ever true that's what we know I'm, i mean i know that you were lying to us i know that i know the overwhelming majority, close to 90% of Canadians, have done exactly that. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they are expressing. They're holding unacceptable views that they are expressing. So. Obviously, we know that Justin Trudeau has said in the past that he likes and respects China's basic dictatorship. But, uh, I mean, this is blatant, is it not? 
This is blatantly saying that there are unacceptable views in this country. Views that you shouldn't express because they're bad. This goes against all liberal tenets of freedom of expression. Everything that they say they stand for, um, he is now blatantly and clearly saying the exact opposite, right? So, I don't know. Do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science... How could you be there for each other when you were wallowing in your basement for two years? The people that he's talking about were not there for anybody. They're the person that's still wearing their mask in their car. And when they see me at the grocery store without a mask on and they come around the aisle and they freeze and back up and go around the other side, that's who he's talking about. Those people don't have anyone's backs. Those people are too scared or too full of hatred to have anyone's backs. Do you know who has had my back? All the people who don't wear, want to wear masks and think it's a scam. All the people that disagree with you, Justin, are the people that have had my back. The maskers don't even have each other's backs because they barely interact with each other, right? And stepping up to protect each other is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms, our rights, our values as a country. Like, I don't know ah. how you can, I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how anyone could believe that at this point. Gotta love the bodybuilder guy. Hey, from the commercial. Let's close that. You want to get rid of that as fast as possible. And we're not. Oh, there you go. Okay, so Aaron O'Toole chimed in as well, but that's not what I want to show you guys first. Um... Yeah, there's still oh look okay i'm having a slight technical difficulty here we're gonna close that one and what's this one ah uh, yes oh yes he was on twitter as well let's what do, what do we got here we got a comment in the comment section pfizer has even said they won't have an omicron vaccine omicron vaccine until march i fail to see how the vaccines will help even if you believe in them it doesn't add up it doesn't add up Keep trying to point it out to people, I guess. I don't know. There, there is 30% of the population that you will not get through to them, right? You won't you won't be able to get through to them. So, Aaron is a tool. Well, I mean, I understand that his name is very easy to play with. Um... Uh, <laughs> oh, Matt, Matt's full of vinegar tonight. I value that he tweeted he's quarantining. Must be a coincidence, but I feel safe. <laughs> okay, so we're obviously big fans of Aaron in this group, clearly. Okay, but first, I wanted to cover this tweet. So, Obviously, as the trucker convoy is approaching, people are getting more and more uncomfortable with what's happening. 
in Ottawa, I'd imagine. And uh, last night, Justin uh, tweeted this doozy. Or sorry, this morning. <sighs> this morning, Justin tweeted this. I learned that I've been exposed to C-19. My rapid test result was negative. I'm following Ottawa health rules and isolating for five days. I feel fine and will be working from home. Stay safe, everyone, and please get veed. What are you doing at home? We know you have fake books behind you in your study at home. What are you, what are you doing at home? Don't say you're working from home. There's not a chance that you're doing anything important from home. Don't lie. Please. Stop it. It looks bad on you. Anyway, and then Kean and Kean Bexty from the Counter Signal, ex-Rebel reporter, posted uh, one of these. There's Doug Ford. I assume that's uh, I assume that's cheesecake on his face in the drawing. And uh, there's Justin being scared of all the truckers coming, which is probably not an actual photo from the convoy because it's very nice there but anyway here's another good one trudeau is in hiding <laughs> sorry i'm yawning we gotta check it we gotta check out these articles in the comments people are going for them pretty hard right now so um <laughs> look at this one this one <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, he's in Costa Rica. Um, Matt says he heard a reporter say Trudeau was more conservative when he became a PM in 2015 than O'Toole is now. Food for thought. I mean, Aaron O'Toole is not conservative in any way. I love this photo, though. Um, it's pretty funny. Anyway, we're going to get out of there before train wrecks on us. Um, but, oh my goodness. So, what else do we have here? Ooh, Anna sent me a cool picture from the convoys um i'm just checking it on my phone real quick let's see what it says here huh its ship is sunk that is a pretty cool boat someone's towing a boat uh and it says his ship is sunk on it talking about well, it says something about Castro, and it's like spelt like Justin Trudeau, but it's Castro because, you know, illegitimate son of Fidel Castro, allegedly, we think, right? We don't know, but we think. Anyway, um, so Aaron O'Toole was just, uh, I mean, he's been uh, having some contradictory issues here. So we've got this article. Um, and it says O'Toole calls for a study. This is from true North O'Toole calls for a study truck stop, vaccine clinics and educational programs for truckers. 
After weeks of waffling over truckers and V mandates, Conservative Party of Canada leader Aaron O'Toole, <sighs> excuse me, has doubled down by calling for shot clinics along trucking routes and educational programs for truckers to better address vaccine hesitancy. O'Toole made these and other recommendations in a post-media column Wednesday. His statements come after several prominent members of his conservative caucus have already sent out clear messages of support for truckers, as well as condemnations of COVID-V mandates. The CPC leader also suggested Prime Minister Justin Trudeau temporarily pause the federal order forcing cross-border Canadian truckers to get C-shots until a study can be conducted to weigh the positive benefits against the immediate negative consequences of the federal government's mandate. O'Toole went on to recommend Trudeau introduce legislation to protect the jobs of federally regulated truckers by ensuring that those affected have the option to be reassigned to domestic routes. Pretty lame, bro. O'Toole wrote more than 700 words before getting to his recommendations. Describing himself as being upset by the sea situation over the past two years, he wrote that while truckers had a right to be heard at their upcoming protest, he warned them not to be violent once the Freedom Convoy reaches Ottawa. Why is this always a thing like, oh, don't be violent? Like, who's been violent from a conservative protest? in canada ever now someone could probably go find one my point is this is that why even say that why warn them they're not violent they're not allowed to drink and drive there's nothing they're being very strict with tossing people it upset this is aaron o'toole continues on it upsets me to know that there are individuals who plan to use this protest as a means for violence, O'Toole wrote. So I'm pleading with everyone who will be in Ottawa this week, please remain calm. Protest peacefully. Do not resort to violence. Be on the lookout for agitators and report them to police. Violence will only serve to delegitimize de- 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 valid and reasonable concerns. Okay. <sighs> I mean... This isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. O'Toole did urge those in Ottawa who disagreed with the trucker's message to let them protest peacefully and hear them with compassion. I plead with you. Lower the temperature, he wrote. Stop demonizing your fellow citizens and calling them names. Be respectful, even if you don't agree. Understand their anxieties and concerns. Stand in support of peaceful protests and condemn violence and hate. How we react now how we try to understand the concerns of people we deeply disagree with. This is a question of who we are as a country and as a people. Frustration with this pandemic is not an excuse to forget the compassion we normally show for people who are worried or feel ignored. Just brutal, man. Yeah, O'Toole has been widely criticized for his lack of clarity about the convoy and the vaccine mandates. Several of your MPs have uh, uh, tweeted out support for... I was going to play this, but it's five minutes, so I'm not going to. His recommendations come days after several prominent conservative MPs issued clear statements of support for the truckers 
as well as categorical rejections of all V mandates. These included conservative MP Pierre Polyev, Polyev, who said Sunday that COVID has become a never-ending excuse for power-hungry authorities to replace our freedom with their control. Enough. Reopen our businesses. Let our truckers drive and restore freedom for all. So, I mean, he's finally jumping on the bandwagon and saying the right things. Now, why can't anyone else say the right things? Candace Bergen said on Tuesday, conservatives have been opposed to federally mandated vaccines since Trudeau introduced them, and we oppose the mandatory vaccine on Canadian truckers. You know what? I didn't realize. I'm sorry. I have this as small. I should make the article big. My bad. Because it's an article. Thousands of truckers and supporters from across Canada and the United States are rolling toward Ottawa as part of the Truckers for Freedom convoy. Canadians have been lining snowy highways and overpasses from vancouver to sydney nova scotia to wave at the drivers and to cheer them on the full convoy is expected to arrive to arrive in ottawa on sunday so there you go now what else did our fearless conservative leader say he is bald trudeau re-education centers for truckers i mean just stop right with this oh it's so bad it's so bad anyway all right i have one more thing from aaron because now he is saying that the truck drivers are heroes do you know what vegetables grow really well at minus 30? None of them. Canada is a trading nation. If you own it, a trucker delivered it. You probably noticed some empty shelves at your grocery store. That's because Justin Trudeau put in place a mandate that all truckers entering this country, either Canadian or American, have to be fully vaccinated. If Trudeau's attack on truckers is allowed to continue, tens of thousands will be unable to work. And more than that, grocery prices will become even more expensive while fruit and vegetables rot in American warehouses unable to get to Canada. The produce that will be able to get to Canada will see their shipping costs skyrocket by 25%. And Canadian families and small businesses will be the ones ultimately paying Trudeau's bill. And he wants us to believe that he's like the guy that wouldn't be doing the exact same thing, right? I mean... Go go back and look at their policies for the last election. They were almost the same. So, there's that. We don't believe you either, man. And if you do, wake up. Stop it. Stop believing the traditional conservative leaders that they're going to do anything different than the liberals that they're opposing right now. He is jumping on this, in my opinion... Because this is how he could get some actual conservative votes back. Two years ago, truckers were crossing the border between Canada and the U.S. when no one else was allowed, when no one else would. They're often the unsung heroes of the essential services. Drivers are still active in moving supplies during a pandemic, but they face some unique challenges. You know what? 
someone just asked, and I'll post the comment. Why did it take the truckers to get people going on this? What about all the other people that lost their jobs? You know what I think it is, Pamela? Um, In my opinion, this is the first time where you actually have um, something that is still a nonviolent protest. But if it is actually the real number of trucks that they say it is, this huge number of trucks then what you're going to see is actually politicians in Ottawa at least be inconvenienced by it, as in, like, they're shutting down Ottawa with all these semis, semis, with all these semi-trucks, semi-trucks, right? And so I think the reason that people are finally, like, going out to support this is because they actually see something that could potentially have a real effect i that that's my take on it it seems like people are rallying behind this because it could do something you know a a couple thousand people meeting at the ledge doesn't do anything right um it's a good show of numbers and i'm a big fan of it and it feels good to go to but at the end of the day the politician can just close the blinds but this, this is actually going to affect how Ottawa functions. There will be no cars moving about the city with all of those trucks piled into it, right? So I think that's why people are behind it, because it looks like it actually could work. I, I, that's, that's what I think. Anyway, I'll keep playing this. In the face of a new disease and all the confusion at the start of the pandemic, it was many of these brave truckers that helped get us through COVID. Ah, Aaron O'Toole found his old tweet as well. Very nice. Justin's, I mean. There's no way around it. Fast forward to today and Justin Trudeau is demonizing many of those truckers and threatening both our economy and our food supply, all to distract from his inflation crisis and his failures on COVID. Now there's a convoy of truckers on a cross-country protest to draw attention to how unfair this mandate is to them. The freedom to peacefully assemble, to protest, is a critical part of our democracy. Truckers want to work. Justin Trudeau is telling them no. We're really, really alienating big pockets of our population with some of these mandates. And whether it's justified or not, it's hard to say. Whenever a policy is being implemented, I think we have to ask ourselves, what's the goal here? Like, what are you actually trying to do? That's probably one of the most important aspects. Do you see how the 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 tide has turned, even on mainstream media? I don't trust it. Talking about, like, what's the point of these mandates? I lost my job. Where was global when we were all losing our jobs? Why is the tide turning? I don't know, man. It's crazy. Uh, to question when you're making policy. And I, and sadly, I think sometimes that gets lost. This policy against truckers is an attack on common sense. And it's an attack on every Canadian's household budget. Canadians deserve access to affordable food. Truckers have been our COVID heroes. Period. Ty, are you excited for the trucks? <laughs> to pile into Ottawa on Sunday. 
Very exciting. I'm glad that you commented. Thanks, man. Ty from Ottawa is commenting. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening as well. Uh, Very exciting stuff. But yeah, you can actually answer that question if you want. Um, Are you excited? So let's uh, keep going with uh, Aaron's uh, propaganda video. Canada doesn't function as a trading nation without them. Pitting Canadians against one another is un-Canadian, but just... Uh, That's what all of the political parties have been doing for like two years. Watch as Justin Trudeau and the Liberal Party try to demonize these hard-working men and women. But that's how it is in Justin Trudeau's Canada. You're only a hero if you agree with the Trudeau. If you're a trucker, do not fall for this stuff from Aaron. He is no better. Remember that. Liberals, it's really important that you share this video. We need to show truckers that we appreciate their hard work and that we're going to stand up for their right to peacefully protest. And we need to get the truth out before Justin Trudeau's inevitable smears and attempts to divide. We're going to hold Justin Trudeau to account for this. We're going to make sure when Canadians start to notice their grocery stores empty, it's because Justin Trudeau played politics with Canada's food supply. I mean, I will say that some of the shelf shortages that were happening were before this, but now it's a big issue. Uh, My wife was just at the craft store michaels and uh and um they just got a big shipment of the christmas stuff and nicole's been looking for some valentine's day decor because we have this thing on our table it's like a like stacked shelf and she decorates it for every event that's coming up whether it's big or small it's just like a little thing and there's almost no valentine's day decor because it's just the stuff from last year or a tiny little bit because it probably won't be here until April. So that's just a weird thing. And um, yeah, Michael's amusements is having a massive sale on Christmas decor. Um, I do not need ivermectin right now. Um, I, that is hilarious that you say that. Um, but no, I <clears throat> am getting over a little bit of a cold, but usually when I do this, uh, usually when I do the podcast, I, uh, I, I drink one of these entire bottles of water because it's just how it is, man. All right, we're 35 minutes in, and I haven't gotten to the main part of my thing tonight, which kind of sucks. Now, I could also randomly get a guest in the stream... Um, but probably not. Um, uh, I have someone live from the convoy who was going to call into the show, but, uh, there's just no reception there to do it. So they won't have reception until they're at their destination. So I don't know if I'll get her or not, but that's okay. So... But it, but if she does chime in here, if they do chime in, he or she do chime in, then I will stop what I'm doing and uh, and have them on. So, uh, and now we get to 
the Bible. So somebody was uh, asking if uh, they knew any con- if they knew of anyone who had content on like pandemic response, a biblical view for pandemic response, not just how to address the government, all this stuff telling them telling them uh, um, you know how to interact with 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 that uh, the government interacting with with churches, things like that. And, uh, so I just took it upon myself to like, look up different topics in the Bible. And, um, is that the right spelling? Yeah. And, um, I came up with some things. And so we know that Leviticus talks about how to oh that's not good that's not gonna work there that's better right i'm not in the shot what's going on so sorry guys uh i'm blanking out here a little kind of boring right um so as i was working through this stuff I noticed that uh oh man, I'm drawing a blank here. Sorry guys. I'm just uh I need to concentrate a little better. I need to take a deep breath, think about what I'm going to say. So I couldn't find anything um about like pandemic response because really realistically Every plague that overtakes people in the Bible is a judgment from God. Um, there might be something that isn't, that I didn't notice or find, but basically all examples of plagues uh, wreaking havoc on people are judgments from God. And so, but I can get into this subject about um isolating people um in leviticus it talks about isolating people uh for multiple purposes always a type of leprosy um and if you know anything about biblical leprosy could be three or four diseases they're talking about none of them uh none of which are modern day leprosy Um, and so just starting at, um, verse three, it says this, then the priest shall look at the mark on the skin of the body. And if the hair in the infection is turned white and the infection appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is an infection of leprosy. When the priest has looked at him, he shall pronounce him unclean. But if the bright spot is on the skin of his body and it does not appear to be deeper than the skin and the hair on it has not turned white, then the priest shall isolate him who has the infection for seven days. So you isolate the sick over and over again, and you're going to find that. Then the priest shall look at him on the seventh day, and if in his eyes the infection has not changed, and the infection has not spread on the skin, uh, 
Then the priest shall isolate him for seven more days. So you see isolating of the sick because it could be contagious, right? Now, verse is 18 to 23 deals with a boil breaking out on the skin. When the body, and so here, verse 18, when the body has a boil on its skin and it is healed, and in the place of the boil there is a white swelling or a reddish-white bright spot. Hmm. Wow. Someone's just like, someone's just like giving me the gears. Ruth, you're savage. No mercy tonight. Look at this. You need to give us something of value. Need to be prepared before you go on air. Thank you. I I appreciate the firm lecture from you. Um, when I say I'm drawing a blank, it's not because I'm not prepared. I'll even show you what I have here. Um, in fact, I'm going to change cameras for a second because I just want to address this. I'm I'm not defensive. Oh, I'm not defensive or anything. It's just sometimes you draw a blank and you're live and you're not a professional. You're just some dude on the internet. Uh, let's check it out. I have a notebook and let's check it out. Ruth, you're ruthless. Yeah, man. She's savage. So here's my notebook. You can see it glares. Oh, there we go. I have a whole bunch of notes written out. Um, I have a whole bunch of notes written out uh, about, pandemic stuff from the bible that i found um so that's not the issue the issue is just that i'm bad at this right like but thank you for the advice ruth i love you anyway uh, anyway oh uh i'll switch my camera back because who wants to look at me like that anyway right so back to normal Um, where was I? Verse is 18 to 23. So, uh, reddish bright spot. Okay. That's where we were. Then it shall be shown to the priest and the priest shall look and behold, if it appears to be lower than the skin and the hair on it has turned white, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an infection of leprosy and has broken out in the boil. But if the priest looks at it and behold, there are no white hairs in it and it is not lower than the skin and it is faded, then the priest shall isolate him for seven days. So there you go. You have another event of another type of skin disease that's infectious. Isolated for seven days. So scale on the head. Verses 29 to 31. And you're going to see in verse 31 that one of the answers is to isolate the sick. Again, now if a man or woman has an infection on the head or on the beard, then the priest shall look at the infection. And if it appears to be deeper than the skin and there is thin yellowish hair in it, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a scale. It is leprosy of the head or of the beard. But if the priest looks at the infection of the scale, and behold, it appears to be no deeper than the skin, and there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall isolate the person with the scaly infection for seven days. Now, on the seventh day, 
Oh, actually, no. We don't need to keep reading. So there you go. Infection. Seven days. Isolate. It's all there. Now, that was all the stuff I could find about isolating people. And, um... Uh, different Ruth, um, but you're great too. Don't worry about it. it well, we were talking about Ruth uh, Spady Stewart, who told me that I need to be prepared when I'm going online. Which I, <laughs> oh, thank you for the advice. You know. Anyway, um, oh, okay. Where was I? So I tried to look up. Um, just other things like, is there a use of medicine in the Bible at all? And realistically, the only really clear use of a type of medicine I found, and I didn't do a, a giant in-depth stuff, but I, I used the literal word app to, to do word searches for the Hebrew and Greek words of things. And, and, um, you know, that's as, that's as good as I can do. Because I don't know the original languages, right? So that's how I that's how I operate. I use the literal word app on my phone and it is it is amazing. So in Isaiah um thirty-eight uh, you have this happening in verse twenty-one. Um and I believe, who is it? Is it in, it is in regards to King Asa? Um, oh, Hezekiah, sorry. It's in regard to King Hezekiah, I believe. So that, that really isn't that important, but, you know, all of a sudden the lack of context gets me. But anyway, Isaiah said this, let them take up a cake of figs and apply it to the boil that he may live. So, you have a cake of figs being applied as like a poultice in the Bible um, to help heal a boil. Um, and that was the only clear Old Testament reference to something really being like medicinal that I could, that I found. Now I didn't do it. Like I said, I didn't do a really in-depth study, but that was the clearest one where this is the use of medicine even, but even the use of medicine is rare and you're going to see something, uh, something that I found next, the concept of physicians, um, physician, physicians are usually a lot of times mm, used as like, you instead of seeking a physician, you should have been seeking God. So you'll see that in um Second Chronicles uh sixteen. Oh, I made a typo, so it won't come up. And I hope that this is a, even a little bit readable um for you guys online because I know I run it at um Wine for the stomach's sake. Yes. So that's Ruth is saying wine for the stomach's sake. Yes. That's in the new Testament. Um, but in the old Testament, all I could find was the poultice. So that was really interesting. 
Um, anyway, so yeah, good good catch. Um, okay, I got distracted. So, Second Chronicles sixteen twelve says this. So Asa slept. Asa slept with his fathers, and he died in the forty sixth year of his reign. Where what? Oh, I skip. Ow. Oh. Skip the verse. Verse twelve. And Asa became diseased in his feet in the 39th year of his reign. His disease was severe, yet even in his disease he did not see Yahweh, but the physicians. So, you'll see that. It's like the physicians are someone you consult with uh, when you don't want to seek God, or when you refuse to see God for your illness. And then... um, You'll see in the New Testament, uh, in Mark, uh, we find out that God is the physician, right? In Mark 2.17, it says, And hearing this, Jesus said to them, Those who are healthy do not have need for a physician, but only those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So, um, and obviously Jesus there is comparing... um, uh, sin to a sickness uh, because the uh, Pharisees are upset that he is hanging out with tax collectors and sinners, right? That's what it says in verse 16. 16. And when the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they were saying to his disciples, he is eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners. <laughs> and hearing this, Jesus said to them, to those who are healthy, do not have need for a physician, but only those who are sick, right? So, you don't see that. And then, what do you see with the woman in Mark 5? Mark 5, you have the woman, verses 26, says this. Uh, we'll go, th- we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll start at verse 25. And a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched him, touched his garment, and she was healed by touching Jesus, obviously. So, but she had endured much at the hands of many physicians. These men were trying to cure her. She had spent all of her money for 12 years on trying to be cured, and nothing had happened. But she reaches out and touches God in the flesh, and she is instantly healed. So, this does not have much to do with a pandemic response or anything like that. But um, what you see is um, people putting their faith in medicinals instead of God. Now I am not, I am not someone who believes that you should not seek medical attention. There are cults that actually do that and they have early deaths every now and then because someone could have just gotten an easy medical fix, but instead they died because they refused to go to the doctor. So I'm not that guy. Um, 
But the point is, is that um, we should be trusting in God and seeking him uh, and his will when we are sick. So there's that. But then how does that play out with a pandemic? Well, <clears throat> like I already said, the pandemic, um, the only thing that compares to it in the Bible are plagues. And there is multiple types of plagues. There's uh, like four words, four words that are translated plague in the Old Testament. And um, one of them, and guys, remember that my pronunciation is not good, right? So you have nega, and it means wound. Uh, so a plague of wounds. Um, then another word that could also mean pestilence, but is also translated plague is deber, and that's cattle. It could be cattle disease, but also is attributed to people. And then there's plague, which is like the word plague. This word for plague is sometimes translated plague and sometimes uh, translated as touched. So like being touched with a plague, stricken usually. Uh, yeah, so I put usually translated as touch, but like stricken, struck, something like that. And then there's plague, magepa, and that means fatal blow or judgment. And so what I wrote in my notes here is plagues and pestilence almost always come as a form of judgment from God. God is in control of these plagues and pandemics. There is no biblical support for government forced pandemic response. And so obviously what, uh, what we need to look at is um, our Bible verses on appealing to the government or and what is the government's role and so there is more than one and you'll see a theme in both of these and we'll just blast through these really quick i hope because if you've listened to my pastor or any of the pastors uh from uh you know the not closing the church team when they've talked about romans 13 um, they've covered a lot, much better than I ever could. But what does it say in verse 3 of Romans 13? Rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of that authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. And what else? For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword in vain, for it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. So, the government's job is to punish evildoers. Shutting down the economy for a pandemic does not fit into that. It is not part of that. It will never be part of that. There is no biblical or there is no government role that involves them doing what they've done on a global level because of a flu, right? And so we see that as well in First Peter 2. Uh, sorry, just need to get it up here. And there it is. 
First Peter 2, 13-17. So, it's going to say the same kind of thing that Romans 13 does about being subject to the governing authorities. Be subject for the sake of the Lord to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do good. So the king's job is to send governors for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do good. For such is the will of God, that by doing good you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free people, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brethren, fear God, honor the king. So, guys, this is just a brief thing that I went through. And please, do your own study. Don't listen to me. I am not, I am not a Bible scholar. I am not um, anything more than someone who has read the Bible. I wouldn't even say a lot. I don't even want to say that about myself. But I enjoy reading the Bible and studying the Bible and looking up new things. And so... I could not find anything to do with a pandemic response because most pandemics are judgments from God in the Bible. And, uh, you know, maybe the judgment from God on this one is that it was a fake pandemic. It was a fake plague and it effectively shut down everybody for two years. So maybe that's the judgment this time. I don't know. Anyway, guys, What is really important, though, with this is going back to God being the real physician. God is the real physician, right? He is the true physician. Now, what does that mean? Well, the sickness is sin. And Jesus says God is the healer. How does that work? Well, God the Father sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins and pay for them on the cross. He offers us the cure for the sickness because that sickness leads to death. Instead, he gives you the cure, which leads to life. And so what you must do is believe on that sacrifice that Jesus gave you for your death, burial, and resurrection through his Death, burial, and resurrection. You must believe on that. And you will be saved of your sin. And so you need to turn to Christ and trust in him today. That's what you need to do. Um, that's, that's what everyone needs to do. And so I want to address something I see from Pamela. She's got a comment saying, this is the awakening the world needs. I'm wondering if you're referring to the truck rally. I am actually concerned about the term Great Awakening almost as much as I am concerned about the term The Great Reset. I actually watched a really interesting video that would compare the two. Say that they're two sides of the same coin. 
um, the great reset is to drive people into this great awakening because it is an awakening to their bodily autonomy. But the Bible says that you are a slave. You're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to Christ. So we don't have bodily autonomy as Christians. So the Great Awakening does trouble me and worry me a little bit. But guys, I am going to end this on a high note because I'm at the one hour mark and it went pretty good. And I'm also going to end this with my new... Uh, my new outro where I go, oh, bro, here's the thing. <laughs>